Finally, new rule. Before we tackle any of our daunting specific problems here in America, we have to figure out how a country can solve any problem if so many of its people are so intractably, astoundingly, mind-numbingly stupid. And I'm not saying that as hyperbole or just out of frustration. I mean this country just might be empirically, verifiably too fucking dumb to continue. Jay Leno used to do a classic bit called jaywalking where he asked ordinary citizens the kind of question we used to consider common knowledge. And in the internet age, that bit has been, shall we say, updated and is still a useful indicator of where exactly we are on the bird brain chart. Take a look at some of the answers given on a TikTok site called Project Better. Who was the first person to land on the sun? Lance something, Lance. Lance, Lance Armstrong, right. What is the biggest city in the world? Uh, I think it's like, like Asia. What is the biggest city in the world? Europe. If you were born in 2021, how old would you be? 21. What country is Venice, Italy located in for $100? Do you have any clue? Gosh, I'm going to be a teacher, so I should know this. Um, you should. Paris? Where is Queen Elizabeth from? Uh, Egypt. Egypt? Egypt. Where is it? Brazil. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Facts versus Rhetoric. Thank you very much for joining us today. That was a clip from the Bill Maher show. I thought that was very fitting for today's day and age. As my research has continued to try and drill down into why we are where we are as a society and a country and just, I guess, as a species in general... I'm realizing we have ourselves to blame, right? It's just as much as the, the oligarchs who are pulling all the strings of our elected representatives. But we just played a clip from Real Time with Bill Maher, who claimed we might be too fucking stupid to continue. I'm getting to the point where I don't disagree. And how can you when you hear those answers that people gave? Who was the first person to land on the sun? And the woman replied, Lance Armstrong. To bring everyone up to speed, the surface of the sun is 5,778 degrees Fahrenheit. And the maximum body temperature you can endure before you turn to scrambled eggs is 108. What's the biggest city in the world? The two answers they got was Asia and Europe. That would be Tokyo with just over 37 million people. And if you were born in 2021, how old would you be? And the young lady replied 21, so we'd be one. Right, in case there's any confusion on that one. What country is Venice, Italy in? And the prospective teacher answered Paris. And lastly, where is Queen Elizabeth from? The two answers they got was Egypt and Brazil. So I don't want to assume everyone knows that, but it is England. Well, Nick, why, why should we care if there are a bunch of stupid people in the world? A again, if the collective dumbfuckery didn't adversely affect our whole country, I really probably wouldn't give a shit about it. But unfortunately, the further I go into asking why and how we got here, we the people deserve some criticism, right? And today we're going to look at how things were supposed to work and look at how the poor education and the adopting of a wrong philosophy has brought our country to the brink. I want to take a quick trip back to the good old late 1700s and review how we started as a nation 
because I think it's important to understand the events and also the philosophy that the founders used to shape this new nation. And also, how the hell can you understand the game if you don't know the rules, right? Let alone succeed at the game. So the founders wanted to ensure the tyranny of George III did not happen again. Listen, they found themselves in a pretty similar scenario that we find ourselves in today. They risked it all. They bounced out. They fought a war. And when they won the war, the biggest takeaway is they wanted to make sure they limited the power of government so this didn't happen again. They rejected pure or unrestricted democracy. They feared democracy. It scared the shit out of them because they always understood it to lead to mob rule. It, it would stifle civil liberties. It would trample on minorities, trample on your rights. It just, it was all bad. They rejected the idea that the majority wins. And you can look at Federalist Paper Number 10 written by James Madison when he's talking about whether they should be a democracy or a republic. And he was obviously arguing in favor of the republic. But he says, on the one hand, to refine and enlarge the public views by passing them through a medium of a chosen body of citizens whose wisdom may best discern the true interest of their country and whose patriotism and love of justice will be least likely to sacrifice it to temporary or partial considerations, end quote. So Madison identified very early on that having elected officials who gave a shit, who had patriotism, who loved justice, they would be less likely to sacrifice those values for temporary considerations. So they'd be less likely to sell out the people from, for a fad or for whatever was popular at the time. So the founders gave us a republic, and that is a government of and by the people and their representatives. Our Republican style of government has significant democratic elements in it, but it also has some non-democratic features as well. And that was to protect liberty and to prevent tyranny, right? Because when you go back and look at the republics of Greece and Rome, they all failed because they had the lack of those safeguards on that power structure. They got too big. Things got too crazy and it ultimately just failed. The founders wanted structural limits on power. That was their biggest thing because that's what, that's what they identified as the biggest threat to the people was too much power. So in 1787, they created their federal government. So they started with a government that only have powers given to it by the people and their powers were enumerated. They had very limited powers. This was by design. They felt that the power should reside with the states. And this is a big thing, because as we're talking about these topics, whether it's abortion or just laws or anything to do with people, you know, having an issue with the federal government, they always felt the power should reside with the states. And why? It's very simple, because the elected officials nearer to those people would naturally be more responsive and accountable to the people, right? Does that make sense? Every state's different. And wouldn't it make sense for the elected officials of that state to represent that state and to make the rules for that state? Again, so when you're mad at the federal government for state stuff, you're wasting your energy, time, and you're just continuing a poor narrative that's incorrect. And that's not going to lead to any change. Again, you have to know how the game is played so you can succeed at it. So the founders decided to split the government into three 
branches, right? You have the legislative, they make the laws, the executive, they execute the laws, and then the judiciary branch, which settles disputes. By dividing the power between the three branches, it prevented the power from being concentrated and abused, right? Checks and balances. You know, we've said this before, whatever the Constitution does not specifically delegate to the national government, it belongs to the states and the people. And the power of the states are limited by their own constitutions. This is kind of the part that I've been getting to, and this is where we've let them down, is the framers also needed the citizens to understand the principles of the Constitution. They needed the citizens to value self-government and they needed citizens who would be willing to do the work necessary for its maintenance. And if you want to look to one of the biggest things, one of the biggest areas where we let them down in our obligations was they believed the citizens would not yield to politicians who promised prosperity or security or anything else at the price of liberty. The founders could not conceive of citizens who would do that. And I think it's clear to see in today's political discourse that the citizens are willing to give up their liberty and their rights and their freedoms for promised prosperity, money, security, fill in campaign promise there. You know, we said this a bunch too, right? When the founders came out, a woman asked Benjamin Franklin, what kind of government have you proposed for the nation? And Ben Franklin said, a republic, madam, if you can keep it. We said that a lot, but you know why he said that? Doesn't that make sense? Because people had a responsibility to do their work to keep the Republic the way it was, to keep government in check. James Madison said, quote, only a well-instructed people could be a permanently free people, end quote. You know, well-educated about their constitutional liberties as well as their responsibilities. Right? Everyone knows what liberties and freedoms they have, but we kind of skipped over that responsibility part. And when you hear Madison and Franklin talk like that, they had history in mind when they answer shit like that. But they understood there was only simply the blueprint. The rest of that equation was supposed to be supplied by we the people. Understanding and fulfilling our duties as citizens. Think about this. How, how the hell... Can you fulfill your duties if you don't understand the document which lays them out? Can you see how the lack of a functioning education system is, is always in the, the tyrant's best interest? That's the brief history. And now let's take a look at their philosophy. Again, very important. The founder's political philosophy was man's right to his own life, to his own liberty, to pursue his own happiness. So to refine that into a philosophy would be man's right to exist for his own sake. That was America's implicit moral code. But it was not written in explicitly like that. And some would say that that was the flaw that is destroying the vision of the founders. Maybe they just assumed a little too much that people would be game for holding up their end of the bargain to live in a free country free society where they had their right to their own life, to their own liberty and in the pursuit of their own happiness. And you look at today, America as our country and capitalism in general are just being destroyed by a lack of that moral base, right? That founder's philosophy. The destroyer is the morality 
of altruism. So two parts that are important here. One, we failed to uphold our end of the bargain when it came to the maintenance of the Constitution. We failed at that. And the second thing that is just compounding this whole thing is this philosophy of altruism. And altruism is the belief in a practice of disinterested and selfless concern for the well-being of others. Okay, so examples of altruism is like doing something to help another person with no expectation of reward, foregoing things that may bring personal benefits if they create a cost for others, right? Helping someone despite personal costs or risks, sharing resources even in the face of scarcity, and finally, like showing concern for someone else's well-being. Well, Nick, that doesn't sound that bad. You know, we'll get to that. We'll get to how bad that actually is in a second. But I've been trying to answer this question, right? Like, why is everything so fucked up? Like, fundamentally, down to the core, I feel like everything is fucked. And I think it can be traced back to altruism and everybody's willingness to buy in unconditionally without figuring out their own philosophy, right? Their own ethics, their own politics, all the things that are wrapped up into philosophy. Like, when is the last time you took some serious time to sit, unplug from your phone, and drill down into the things that you believe in? And then ask yourself, why do I believe this? Right? Have you ever red teamed your own views? Red, red team is when you purposely try to poke holes in your argument. Like they'll do this in journalism and newspapers a lot. When they think they have a story, they'll have a bunch of other journalists try to rip that story apart. And I think that's a very good exercise because once you start asking yourself a few questions, you might realize you don't even know why you believe what you believe, but you just end up regurgitating shit you've heard. I'm hoping to start having some discussions with people who think very differently from me on this podcast. And the goal will be to kind of pressure test my own ideas and beliefs while also hopefully providing the audience with both sides of a topic, right? Don't adopt somebody's view just because it sounds good or virtuous or smart. This is what is making this problem worse. You need to sort out your core ethics, your politics, your philosophy, then, as subjects come up, you have a roadmap on how to apply your principles to them. Not, not shit that just rattling around in your head. You put some thought into them, and you're applying your principles to them. Like, do you see how that's different from just regurgitating what you hear? One has some actual thought behind it, and the other one doesn't. So why would you say you believe in something that you don't understand? They haven't put any work into understanding. You're devaluing yourself by taking the easy way out. So let's get back and look at altruism. Because like a lot of things today, it sounds so good. But it's destroying our country. And there's plenty of historical examples of it destroying other countries and societies. The ethics of altruism. We just went through the definition and gave some examples. And it sounds really good, right? Service to others is the only moral justification of our existence. We're morally obligated to be our brother's keeper, to sacrifice for the community. You know, that thoughtfulness, the kindness, the consideration for others, the being helpful. Well, Nick, all that stuff actually sounds really good. It does. But here is the difference, and here is why altruism is a problem. Because all those things we just listed... 
the thoughtfulness, the kindness, the consideration for others, the helping people, that is all good when it is voluntary. So if you have the time, if you have the inclination, if you have the money, if you feel like doing it, then doing all those things is a worthy endeavor. The problem with altruism is it's not voluntary. It's compulsory, and that's fucked up. Because what if you're too busy or you're too poor or you're too preoccupied to help others? You're a fucking bad person and you should self-sacrifice for the greater good. It just, this altruism predisposes people to give up their values, their individual values, their individual wealth for the state, right? Out of a sense of duty to the state or to the church or to the God. So that's the philosophy that's fucked up. It sounds good on the surface, but when you force people to act like that, they give up their individual stuff. And then your life and your work belong to the state. That is what is dangerous. Because capitalism and altruism are incompatible, right? They cannot coexist in the same person or in the same society. Because one thing is for you and the other thing is, well, fuck you. It's for, the, it's for him. It's for them. It's for your neighbor. It's for Nana. It's for whatever. Anybody but you. Does that sound like a great life? Spending your whole life self-sacrificing for the state? And you, and you just believe that that's your highest moral duty, that's dangerous. Listen, it is good to sacrifice. It is good to look after your neighbor. But again, on your terms, if you want to do it, not because with a gun to your head that you have to do that. And we had a lot of that shit. Think of all the guilt and just the, the shit people were saying about people who didn't want to wear a mask or who didn't want to get vaccinated. What did they say? Their, every argument had to do with other people. Oh, the fucking hospitals and fucking the old people. and It was everybody but what was best for you. Can we understand how that's dangerous? You have to separate wanting to do the right thing on your own accord or having a gun to your head and being told to do a certain thing. Because when you're told to do something, your critical thinking goes out the window. Because no longer you'd be like, well, is this the right move for me? You're not even addressing that. You're too busy thinking about, oh, fuck, oh, I should do it. I should do it. I don't want to fucking fill in the blank. I don't want to hurt my kid. I don't want to hurt my, my grandmother. I don't want to get them sick or whatever the fuck. Clock is still ticking on your life and you're wasting it trying to help other people the wrong way. Since the dawn of time, people have been helping people. People want to help people. We're a social fucking being. There's been charity since the beginning, but charity that's given because it's want, because those people want to give charity is the way to go. Not forced fucking charity or government charity. Like that's, it's not how, it's where we lost our way. Think about it. We're never going to get a political system that offers freedom. Live for your own sake. Be free. You're never going to get that with altruism. The only way to have that is to have everyone buy into living for your own sake. That's not saying you can't help people, but that's saying you put your fucking mask on first and then you help other people. You know, how many times have we heard that in the airplane? Well, shouldn't that apply to life? Because how the fuck can you help somebody if you, are, if you can't help yourself? So if you constantly sacrifice you for them, what is that? Sounds like the morality of slavery, if you ask me.
when you go back in history, in the, mor- the morality of altruism has its fucking consequences. Slavery, brute force, just stagnant terror, tyranny. There's a reason why people who really focus on this stuff always talk about three big examples, right? You have the Nazi Germany, the gas chambers, and the mass slaughter of the Jews. You know, over six million Jewish people were killed. Another five million were prisoners of war. Everyone throws out the Soviet Russia. You know, we used that in the last podcast, the slave labor camps. They had 21 million political prisoners that were forced to work on construction projects for the government and just died of a planned malnutrition because human life was cheaper than food at that time. They have death ranges from 20 to 40 million people dead. And finally, the worst one, the terror and starvation of Red China during Mao's great leap forward from 1958 to 1962. You get anywhere from 40 to 60 million dead. They don't even know. There's so many fucking people that died because of starvation and the misallocation of resources. They don't even fucking know how many people. But you only get these kind of atrocities with this philosophy of altruism because everyone keeps sacrificing for the state and the state doesn't give a fuck about them. The state's in it for themselves. So ask yourself whether any of this would have been possible if the men and women had not accepted the idea that they're a sacrificial animal for for the public good. Ask yourself what arguments would be left to them if the word sacrifice was not regarded as this moral ideal, but if it was actually viewed as like, well, that's anti-human evil. This is not going to go good. All right, so let's recap. The founders gave us a system of government that they worked really hard to not have concentrated power, to split it up so it would not get abused. But one of the biggest problems is the, the framers needed citizens to understand the principles of the Constitution, who valued self-government, and who would be willing to do the work necessary to maintain it. And we don't fucking do that because we don't even know what we're supposed to be doing. Our kids aren't being taught this shit. You don't know this shit. I didn't know this shit until I started waking the fuck up. That's why I talk about it. It's important to understand the rules of the game. We live in a law and order society. How the hell can you prosper if you don't know the rules? And citizens were not supposed to let politicians promise them shit. We were supposed to be better than that. We were supposed to see through that shit. We were not... We were supposed to value our liberty above any fucking promise, prosperity, security, money, whatever the fuck they're trying to give you. Everybody should have been like, nope, liberty first. You can keep all that other shit because I'm living for me and I'm responsible for me. But we lost that message. So you couple the we the people letting the founders down on that. You add in this philosophy of altruism that sounds good. Go back to the definition. Go back to the examples. Doing something to help another person with no expectation of reward. That's virtuous. What the fuck's wrong with that? Forgoing things that may bring personal benefit if it creates costs for others. Wow, you're such a nice person looking out for them. Helping someone despite personal costs or risks. Hey, I'm going to get my shot even though it could fuck me up. Despite those costs and risks, I'm helping somebody else out because they told me to help them out. Sharing resources, even in the face of scarcity. Showing concern for someone else's well-being. All that shit sounds good. And I would agree that it is good if you're approaching it from voluntarily. You know, if you're approaching those things voluntarily, it's all good. 
But if I'm forced to do that, if I'm forced to put my shit to side, don't think about me, don't be fucking selfish, think about everyone else, that is bad. And we have enough examples in history to know it ends the same way every time. If everyone's helping each other out and the state's benefiting and other people aren't benefiting, how's that going to go? You don't question those in power if you're not looking out for yourself. You're unable to fulfill your duties that the founders needed us to do. You know, we were supposed to understand the principles of the Constitution. We were supposed to value self-government. We were supposed to do our job because they thought, hey, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. We have individual rights. Go take care of yourself. Have a great life. So I'd like to thank everyone for joining us today. I hope you learned something or at least sparked some curiosity to go check some of this shit out for yourself. The next episode we're going to do is we're going to focus on the right philosophy and how we should be living our lives. So I'll give you a little homework for the next episode. Take one stance, whether it's political or whatever. Take one thing that you think you believe and really pressure test why you believe it and what you actually believe. And seek out the other side of the coin. See if it makes any sense. See if you can figure out why you believe the way you believe. It's a very important endeavor. Everyone have a great day. Stay informed. Spoken walls and